Greetings, and welcome to the Thin Blue Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremiah Guile, law enforcement officer, chaplain, and specialist in officer wellness. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can help reduce the impact of conflict on your marriage. Conflict and disagreements are a common part of any relationship, and marriage is no different. Although disagreements are unavoidable, how you and your spouse handle these disagreements will have a major effect on your marriage. Now understand, this podcast will not make you an expert on conflict resolution. That requires far more than what can be learned from a podcast. However, this will explain some basic steps that will help you out to kind of get you started in the right direction. Now, before we get into that, let's look at how law enforcement handles conflict on the job. We often deal with people that are hostile towards us and are in a state of emotional distress. There's a common old school approach involving three steps referred to as ask them, tell them, and make them. This is a quick way to resolve resistance on the street, but it does come with some problems. This often results in increased use of force, lawsuit, and decreased community relations, especially if things get really crazy. Over time, the approach used for conflict resolution has changed to a focus on de-escalation and gaining compliance. Although it's not as quick as the ask em, tell em, make em method, it's a much better way to decrease further conflict and serves as a great way to build community relations. You end up with less violent outcomes, fewer complaints, less lawsuits, and you don't look like a jerk to the community. Well, the same applies to marriage. The ask them, tell them, make them approach may seem like a quick way to resolve a conflict at home, but it will actually have a disastrous effect on your marriage. One major problem with law enforcement is that the techniques we use on the street over and over again will eventually become a natural response. It's like a muscle memory for the mind. It becomes a habit. So when we face conflict or resistance at home, that natural tendency exists to revert back to our training. Of course, the major issue with this is that you're dealing with your spouse, not a suspect. Treating your spouse as a suspect is a guaranteed way to destroy your marriage and goes against the proper marriage mindset that was discussed in episode one. One thing you can do to help both your marriage and your career is to learn advanced de-escalation tactics and get crisis intervention training. These tactics can be very effective both on the street and at home. Also, the more you practice them on the job, the more fluid and natural they become, thus helping you at home also. These advanced de-escalation techniques are one of the few skills from the job that can actually help your marriage. There are many different places that you can get this training from, many different schools out there. I will not make any specific recommendations on which ones, but I would try a class that offers hands-on scenario training. De-escalation and crisis intervention requires hands-on application to fully develop. You can learn the basics from a book or from a lecture or from a PowerPoint, but without the actual practice and doing it and applying it, your skills will be very limited and most likely ineffective. However, there's more to learning how to handle conflict than just de-escalation. That's only one part of the equation. Mitigating conflict 
begins before the conflict ever starts. Now on the street, with your conflict resolution training and crisis intervention, they'll start teaching you about your body mannerisms, tone of voice, how you approach, how you use your words to help you deal with the suspect. A lot of those same skills and techniques will translate over to the marriage. Now here's some things you can do to help with mitigating conflict with your spouse, thus reducing the chances of conflict before it ever starts. The first and most important thing is to remember the proper marriage mindset, which is centered on seeing you and your spouse as one and having a deep commitment to marital success. Resolving a conflict is not about you winning and your spouse losing. It's about resolving the conflict with as little harm on the marriage as possible. The next is learning each other's pet peeves and triggers. Now, chances are you already know these and you've probably used them maliciously in the past on previous arguments. But going forward, you and your spouse need to make a commitment to each other to stay clear of these things. Using them during conflict is very counterproductive and will only make things worse. Winning an argument does not typically translate to marital success. Second, when conflict starts, make sure you're actually in a conflict. I know this sounds dumb, but often two people may be fighting over the exact same thing and don't even realize it because of poor communication. If one of you says or does something that looks like it's going to start a fight or some kind of conflict, before you lash out, focus on explaining why you're upset and let the other person explain their intent. This is to make sure that one person is not misinterpreting the situation or the comments made. Also, make sure when you do this, do it calmly. Once you start yelling, screaming, or name-calling, it all goes downhill from there, and now you're only hurting the marriage, not healing it. Third, conflicts are often not about a disagreement, but the result of stress or drama from outside the marriage. Some of the common causes are job-related stress or other types of family drama. Often when one person snaps at the other over something stupid, it's often because they're stressed out or mad at somebody else. To keep this from hurting your marriage, let each other know when one of you needs to vent or is upset about something outside of the marriage. Let each other know so they don't take it personal. Just be an ear for the other person. Let them vent. Don't try to fix it. When people are venting, they typically don't want help or guidance or advice they just want to vent and for their partner to be supportive. Also, if you're the one venting, remember to vent to your spouse, not at your spouse. There is a big difference between the two. By helping each other vent off stress, it helps keep it out of your marriage. Also, by being supportive, it will help you build your relationship. Think of it as a team approach to stress management. Because your marriage is your most important team. Now, another thing to remember is that tone of voice is very important. Tone of voice has more effect on communication than words. A softer and more caring tone will be far more effective than one that is dominating, sarcastic, or aggressive. Talk nicely to each other. 
let your spouse know you actually care. Using a tone that implies, I don't give a crap or don't bother me with this, is not productive. Remember, teamwork. Now, one major mistake that a lot of people make is they bring other people into the conflict. This is something you want to avoid. If you have a counselor or a clergyman that's properly trained in counseling, then feel free to use them. Otherwise, keep everybody else out. No friends, no family members, or anybody else. If you do, then there's a potential for the problems to get worse. This typically happens when the outsider gives feedback against one person and the other spouse takes their side. So basically, you're bringing in that third wheel and taking one spouse and that other person against the other spouse. This is the opposite of the team approach. Remember, you and your spouse are the priority. You are the team. Also, something to think about is that the person that is helping you or your spouse as your support person, they may not have your marital success as their goal. This person may act supportive, but may be secretly hoping your marriage fails. Some examples of this could be an in-law that does not approve of the marriage. Another could be a friend that wants to be more than friends. Another example of this is a friend that may have bitter views towards marriage and will let his or her bitterness lead to toxic but good-intentioned advice. Another thing to remember is always treat your spouse with the utmost respect. Don't use name-calling or insults during disputes. You must always remember this. Your main focus during conflict must be to overcome the conflict. If your goal is to win the argument, then you are unknowingly creating a goal to hurt your own marriage. It creates a win-the-battle-but-lose-the-war type situation. Remember the proper marriage mindset is about being a team, not adversaries. Now, another mistake that a lot of marriages make is they bring up the past, especially during an argument. Well, during an argument, focus on the issue that is present. Bringing up past transgressions to win an argument just does not help things. It makes things worse and it's completely counterproductive. The only way the past should ever be brought up is if it's directly relevant to the issue at hand. It's like other areas of life. Use the past as a learning tool to help better shape the future. But if you are bringing up the past, it needs to be done in a helpful way, not a malicious way. Don't do it to try to prove you're right or anything like that. Try to remember that it needs to be something helpful. But also keep in mind, just because you think something's helpful, your spouse may not. So use a lot of discretion when you start bringing stuff up about the past. Now, something that could help you out a lot is if it looks like the fight is really escalating and it looks like things are going downhill and it's starting to get more and more tense, take a pause, all right? Separate out for a sec, go to other rooms if you need to. Both of you calm down, bring it down a little bit, get that tension out. Then regroup, start again from a less emotionally charged position. 
This way, it'll let you focus on what the actual conflict is as opposed to venting all that stress, frustration, and anger towards each other. And lastly, remember that law enforcement is an extremely stressful profession. Now, if you're a cop, you already know this. I don't need to explain it to you. If you're listening to this and you're the spouse, you have to remember that it is very stressful. When your spouse comes home, they're going to be wound up. They're going to be stressed out. So it's best to give them about 30 minutes to an hour to unwind and decompress when they get home before you start bringing up something that's going to be really stressful. Otherwise, you're starting up a stressful situation at a point that's already high stress. Things will go a lot smoother and you'll have a lot less chance of a fight or something like that if you allow them to decompress and unwind a little bit when coming home. Now, officers, remember that also you need to decompress before you initiate something stressful. Because if you come home, you're all wound up from the job and you initiate something, you're already going to be at a stressed out point and it's only going to make you more explosive, more agitated, and your chances of a fight are going to go up significantly. So for both spouses, the law enforcement spouse and the law enforcement officer, remember decompression is a must before you start getting into something stressful. Now, one major mistake that a lot of people make when they follow this advice is that sometimes the officer will come home, goes to decompress, goes to unwind, but will end up using it as a means of avoidance where there's a something that needs to be worked out, something that's going to be stressful. The officer just doesn't want to deal with it. So they keep postponing it by extending that decompression period. Well, at a certain point, it's going to go from something helpful to something hurtful. If you come home, you spend three hours decompressing every day. Your spouse has something they want to discuss or there's something that needs to be addressed and you're constantly avoiding your, your spouse, then you're not helping your marriage. It then becomes harmful. So when you come home, take your time to decompress but don't put things off where you're avoiding stuff. Otherwise, you're not doing yourself any good. So as I said in the beginning of this podcast, this is not going to be a complete education on crisis intervention and how to deal with conflict with your spouse. This just provides the basic foundations. Learning at conflict resolution takes time. It's going to take you learning your spouse, your spouse learning you. And over time, if you practice these techniques, you will find them to be very successful. But remember, it's like any other skill. It is not going to necessarily happen overnight. You're going to have conflicts. Some you're going to handle better than others. But as time goes on, the more that you and your spouse remember the proper marriage mindset the more you practice these de-escalation and crisis intervention techniques, but of course, adapting them to your marriage because it's, it's good principles, but they're still geared towards dealing with suspects in the public as opposed to a spouse. 
Now, the techniques are very similar. You'll just need to tweak them a little bit. But the more you do them, the better you get at it, the better your spouse will get at it. And you'll also, as you're developing that habit and that mental muscle memory, it will also help your marriage because you're showing, not by words, but through actions, that your focus is on resolving the conflict, not winning the argument. It shows through actions that you're trying to build that relationship. Not only will you get better at it by developing those skills, which will reduce the amount of conflict you have, it'll also reduce the negative impact on your marriage. But again, it's building that relationship because you're showing your spouse that the priority is indeed marital success as opposed to just winning an argument. So as I bring this podcast to a conclusion, I just want you to always remember a couple key takeaways. One, always remember your proper marriage mindset. It's all about you and your spouse being as one, working as a team, and making your marriage the biggest priority and the focus of your life. Other thing to remember is how to use those conflict resolution skills and de-escalation to help re-divert the focus of any conflict to about helping resolve it as opposed to winning the argument. Remember to keep outsiders out of the marriage. Don't let them in the arguments. Don't run to that third person unless you absolutely have to. But always remember that the person you're going to may not have the best intentions or they do have good intentions, but They just have their own issues that are going to work their way into your marriage if you allow it to. Also remember, decompression is a must. You've got to get rid of that stress. Otherwise, you're just going to bring it into the marriage. And the last thing I want you to remember, this takes time. It is not a skill that you're going to learn overnight. It could take you months. It could take you years. It all depends on you and your spouse how focused you are, and just your natural personalities. How much conflict you've already got in your marriage will also affect that. If you're already at a point where you're fighting a lot, it's going to take you longer to start bringing things down because of that natural tendency you have to already fight, where you're already trying to win the argument. It's going to take time to unlearn that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Thin Blue Marriage Podcast. I'm always open to any feedback that you might have. If you've listened to the podcast, if you like it, you don't like it, if it's something that's helping you out, you know, let me know. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at thinbluemarriage at yahoo.com. I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. So take care, be safe, and have a great day.